You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Five Things to Watch. Five things to watch here, getting you ready for the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, Chiefs, Niners. What's up, everybody? Ken Swanson here with Maddie Lenny, Craig Stout. You're going to hear from a variety of different voices here on KC Sports Network. This is five things. We're giving you one on offense and on defense today, leading this thing off. Matthew Lane, how are we feeling today? Feeling great. It's we're getting closer and closer to a Chiefs uh, repeat as a Super Bowl champion. So I, I'm feeling pretty good right now, Kenneth. Craig, how about you? How are you doing right now as you dance in your chair? I could be. I could not be better. I, I really could not be better. My favorite football team has uh, given me a third Super Bowl appearance in four years, and man, it would be really nice if they went ahead and won this one. It would be terrific. So um, I'm really excited about this. And, you know, I I exclude the first one because that one was legendary in its own right. And now we're always going to remember that one. And that's why I'm wearing this shirt, Super Bowl LIV. We need to remember how much they're stacking up the rest of these, though. Don't let that get lost. That After that first one, they've continued to pack these in and continued to do this and continued to build on this dynasty here. I'm really, really excited for this game. And it's right back to the team that they were playing. The first time around, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun against the Niners here. We're gonna talk about the run game on offense. That's where we're gonna start this thing off. You know, we think that the the Niners might be a little bit susceptible to the run game, and that could you know lead to a big opportunity for Isaiah Pacheco to really make an impact on this game. Matthew, yeah, I, the 49ers run defense has been pretty poor for the entire season. It's really showed up a big time in the playoffs and. In the playoffs, what's mostly happened is teams have taken advantage of them on the outside. Well, that's also been the case all year long. Their run defense on the interior, average, middle of the pack. You no, know, they they allow they're about you know twenty sixth, I believe here on and outside runs. They're twenty sixth in EPA per attempt, twenty seventh in success rate. Whereas interior runs, fourteenth and twenty second. Again, not good on interior runs, but fine, manageable. But outside runs, they just struggle to stop significantly and part of it's because they don't have a good defensive end opposite of Nick Bosa the other part of it is the entire goal of that defensive line is to get upfield and make a play against the pass so you can kind of out scheme them versus the run and we saw it from the Lions from the Packers just pin them with wide receivers just let them be ignored and hit an end around right around like whatever you want to do you can play with these defensive ends and then because the 49ers are always going to be in a four down front with the linebackers and traditional stacks behind it, you get good angles to climb up to them. They are relying on their linebackers and their defensive linemen to beat your block. So running outside is the move. Unfortunately, the Chiefs don't do a ton of toss plays, a ton of pin and pull, but they do love outside zone, right? And so for a team that loves to run outside zone, guess what? The 49ers have given up 5.1 yards per carry to outside zone this year during the regular season. To make it even worse, they give up three and a half yards after contact against teams running outside zone. So that tells you that tacklers coming deep, not on good angles. Run the ball, Kansas City. Let Isaiah Pacheco go. Finally, you can get back into your outside zone. Get it back into some of your Y insert stuff where you counter off of it. You don't have to just run outside. There's space on the interior, but please run the football in this game and make that defensive line have to play it first and not just play the pass. In the last six games that the San Francisco 49ers have matched up against teams, 
they have held the opposition under 100 yards rushing once. And that was to the Washington Commanders, who basically couldn't offense at the end of the year. They got up 234 yards rushing to the Arizona Cardinals. Ravens were over 100 yards. The Rams were over 100 yards. And then they got to the playoffs. Well, in 136 to the Green Bay Packers and 182 to the Detroit Lions. They are right for the picking here. This is not a situation where you're looking at this and you're going, man, I hope the Chiefs are going to get the run game going. It is inevitable in this one. This is where the major advantage for the Chiefs is going to lie. There's lots of them on this offensive, offensive side of the ball for the Chiefs. This is one that I just feel like Andy Reid is going to be willing to change his game plan a little bit. He's going to be willing to lean on it a little bit more, and it's going to suit the style of run that the Kansas City Chiefs want to do. Outside zone, yeah, they're not very good at it, but they run it a lot. Inside zone, they run it even more. They love running those two things because it sets up the rest of their offense, and they can be in their base concepts. They don't have to get out anything tricky. They don't have to sit here and try to do a whole bunch of, you know, tosses behind the line of scrimmage, trying to get guys horizontal, trying to get guys out into open space because they're afraid of the middle of the defense, you can line up with Isaiah Pacheco and with this offensive line and say, we're going to lead on the San Francisco 49ers defense for a little while in this game, and it will be effective. Not not can be effective. It will be effective because it has been for every other team that has played against them lately that has had even a semblance of a functioning offense. And I'll just say this, you know, I know you guys, you talk a little bit about some of these outside runs and like, I actually think this is a game they will try to, to run some toss because they've done it in the past. They've run, they've run some of this toss stuff. They've run it against, they've run it against, uh, against the Niners out of gun. You know, you're talking about Arik Armston trying to prepare for the same side zone. They run toss out of gun. They'll throw a little toss outside too. Like, I think I think they might I might they might get a little bit of that in there. They run some pin and pull with their tight end. They'll crack him. They'll they'll motion Travis Kelsey in. They'll pin. They'll pull. They'll uh they did it against the Buffalo Bills a few weeks ago too. If you remember after they kind of came out of after they came out of the Dolphins game where they saw the Dolphins kind of get in their gun toss game, the Chiefs whipped it out the next week. And so Noah Gray on a pin and pull on off the edge, they had a they had a few little wrinkles in there. So I could see the Chiefs maybe trying to get into the little bit of that. But to see you guys' point, I think it's just a wide variation. I think they're going to throw a lot of different things, a lot of different angles. We talked about it a little bit on the lab, but get, you know, just 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 putting that front seven and getting them thinking, making this entire team just think, right? Just I, I think we'll talk about the other side of the ball having to think a little bit too here in a minute. But I just think it's just it's 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 a varied run scheme where you're you're mixing things up as best you can inside outside you know gap zone i just think you throw the book at them and just just kind of you know if you if you've got if you know that they're going to be pretty predictable up front that's a that's a that's a master class opportunity for andy reed right there honestly because if he if you if you're predictable andy normally figures some things out and has a good plan against you yeah, and it's you know it, it's a thin edge there because I think in the playoffs the Chiefs have kind of trimmed down their run game. They've got less diverse in the playoffs here, and the run game's probably gotten a little bit better just because they're mm. they're honing in on what they do well. 
But I think what we've known for the Chiefs since Andy's got here, they're going to pick a couple run plays for each game and they're going to kind of hammer them home. And it doesn't matter if it's something they're just bringing out for that game. Like it can be a weekly specific thing. So I am intrigued to see what is on the docket for this Chiefs run game because I, mean, I went back and look, they ran a lot of Y insert last year. They haven't run it hardly at all this year. They came out against the Jaguars early in the season and they ran some kind of outside zone counter run that I've never really seen. It looked kind of like a long trap on the counter run with a tight end coming across. They just did some crazy stuff. And like, it's all there. They've got different things out there. They've done a couple, like two inserting uh, tight ends on the same runs. They've done a lot of stuff. So I'm just curious to what they go with. It doesn't always have to be tossed though. You can get to the perimeter by running power. You can get to the perimeter by running counter. And honestly, the Chiefs, usually when they do run counter, it, it hits a little bit wider. They're not trying to hit the interior gaps as is. So, there's a lot of stuff at play for them. And you really just want to get Pacheco going downhill, force the 49ers secondary to tackle in space. Cause I mean, they have a lot of guys that aren't particularly good at tackling. I think everybody in their secondary is over a 15% missed tackle rate. Their deep safety, Jair Brown, is like at 30%. He misses a third of the tackles he goes for, you know, that he has to go to. Now he's their deep safety. He's the last line of defense, but their corners, their safeties aren't particularly great at tackling outside of Charvarius Ward. So make them tackle if you have everything fit up well. Don't be scared to try to run out of 11 personnel. The Chiefs have been bad at that this year, but the 49ers are worse. So like, let them be bad against it or test out 12. Test out 12 personnel and see how they play because the 49ers play one of the lowest amounts of heavy boxes in the NFL. See if they're going to match. See if they're going to load the box up versus 12. See if they're going to get in base and how you can take advantage of it, but don't get scared off of the run game if you have to stay in 11 personnel because the Niners have been pretty bad at it. Just keep giving it to Isaiah Pacheco, though. Don't try any of this cutesy stuff. You know, getting Kadarius Tony, getting, you know, Sky Moore, no. who is going to be acting over McCole Harvey. Don't, don't give him the ball. And, and don't hand the ball. Boy, the ball. Hey, look, Please. they saw that Jamison Williams in the round, though, and you know that. Uh, you know. And that. I know people will point back to McColl going nuclear and having a career day in the end zone he did. He against the Niners. I don't know if you break the formula up. What what would dance with the girl that's got you here? I don't think the wrinkle should be personnel. I think that Niners defense was so much different than this Niners defense and the way that they could play the run, the way that they could plug interior gaps. This is just significantly different. I just don't think you got to get cute in that regard with who you hand the ball off behind the line of scrimmage give it to pacheco give it to clyde edwards Hilaire, and profit do you remember the uh do you remember the first play of the super bowl of super bowl live for the chiefs offense i don't so they tried a little nod fake inside zone to an option to a boundary option play so they try to get out on the edge of me they used they used they used Mahomes there. I don't know. It'd be fun if they just line it up and do it again. <laughs> they haven't run option all. Se- they haven't run option all season. I don't really want them to because the, the the Niners strung that thing out for a gain of nothing, if I remember correctly, too. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I was just thinking about that. Uh, you know, we talked about getting this. You know, getting the you know getting the defense thinking for the San Francisco 49ers, but I think the Chiefs can really get the offense thinking too, especially with a young quarterback there. You know, C. Spagnuolo is going to have some tricks up his sleeves. We know that's the case, Maddie. What do you think that the Chiefs could try to employ to really get after a Brock Purdy? I think you've got to start looking through the defenses that have had the most success against them throughout this year, and I think like two that you kind of settle on to build your defensive plan around. The Cleveland Browns early in the season, 
and then the Baltimore Ravens late in the season. And you look at what those two teams did. They did it, they blitzed a little bit, but not a ton. But what they did was show a lot of different looks. They put a lot of guys up front the line of scrimmage and said, hey, sort out where this pressure is coming from. Now, the Chiefs don't love to drop their defensive linemen at the same rate the Baltimore Ravens do. That's different between four down, three down, base, different defense here. But you can still give a lot of those same looks. Just make it look like a lot of pressure's coming. And I do think you get Brock Purdy's heads speeding up. And he's been good first the blitz. So you show him the look. You get him to drop back, and then you just drop everyone out. You make this very aggressive quarterback now have to decipher, oh, what's changed since my pre-snap look? Where am I supposed to start in my progression? How do I get all the way through it? And then when he wants to make an aggressive throw, you now have seven guys, maybe eight guys, dropping out into coverage, eating up all this space because Brock Purdy does struggle a little bit more versus own coverage. So I think two teams that had success against them did a lot of that. They showed him a lot of looks pre-snap. They changed it. They played a lot of coverage over just purely bringing pressure. And I think that's kind of how you start to make Brock Purdy feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah, the, they would. The Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, the, even the Minnesota Vikings would mug a lot of gaps pre-snap. And it to a fault, Brock Purdy, they're throwing the ball in that scenario like almost every single time. And it's why he was so good against the Blitz because they are so prepared to take what the defense gives them to throw the hot route. They have so many solutions for that. So simulated pressures are going to be very important here. Can't do that all game long. You got to send some heat. You got to speed up his timer a little bit. You got to make sure that he thinks that's coming. But Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr. in, you know, opposite B gaps in, you know, a 3-2 dime defense with Chris Jones in the middle, you've got those guys standing you know, in front of the guards. Guards, their job is going to be to pick that up. You have an opportunity here to coffee house a little bit, to simulate some pressure, to come up with ways to keep those guards frozen. Get Chris Jones a one-on-one matchup against the center, which is advantageous for the Chiefs, obviously. And then you can still back those guys off into coverage. You can have eight in coverage and still get Chris Jones a one-on-one. That's what you got to try and do. You got to try and put a lot on this offensive line's protection calls. You got to try and put a lot on Brock Purdy's ability to call these things out, to identify these things pre-snap and know when guys are backing out when they're not. Right now, those teams really put him in hell. Really got into the position where in his in these blitz looks where he thought, "Okay, I got guys that are coming. I got guys that are are blitzing me. I know where my hot is going to be." And then when teams backed out, he would start patting the ball. He'd start getting deeper into his drop. He'd start getting a little bit like, oh, I don't know where things are. The Chiefs did that to Tua in that Miami Dolphins game, and it just ruined their offense. I fully expect the Chiefs are going to come out, try and get that confusion for Brock Purdy, try and make him hold on to the ball, and try and get Chris Jones those one-on-ones. That just plays into everything that the Chiefs do well. And I could see the Niners trying to counter a little bit with maybe just having their exterior, you know, their outside screen game ready, you know, ready to just throw a little, uh, you know, tunnel screen to a Debo Samuel, trying to get some of those now screens. Because even if you're trying to walk and mug stuff up, you still got to be able to pursue out to the edge. You still got to get out there. And obviously, you know, you're going to get some guys out there dropping, but you're still at a disadvantageous position to try to get out to, you know, get into some of those screens. So, I think one of the counters to watch really this game is do the do the Niners try to get out and just throw a little, you know, throw a little a little screen out there, throw a little slip, throw a tunnel. Um, 
you know, to a guy that's really difficult to bring down. Now, the good news for the Chiefs in those scenarios and why they might feel comfortable really trying to, you know, walk a lot of guys up is they've got really good tacklers in the back end of their defense. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's that's something that can be really valuable when you're trying to, you know, maybe, you know, deal with, you know, the the threat of some screen game that's really, I mean, it works really well. That's one of the, you know, Shaney's got some good screen game designs. He's got some really special players to try to feed the ball to in those scenarios too. So uh, that will be an interesting cat and mouse game I see. But I think the Chiefs also might look at, you know, getting the Niners to throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage like that as a win, you know, in some of these situations where they might be walking some guys up on third down too, right? So, you know, it's a little bit of boom or bust, but, you know, it takes the decision out of Brock Purdy's hands. The screen game is going to have to be on point, I think, for the Niners to win anyway. But I don't know. It's something worth paying attention to for sure. And like, and another wrinkle to it, I think, is like, okay, sim, I think sim pressures are like the key. Like, I think changing the picture is the key. But where it really starts to heat up is get some get some corner blitzes mixed in there too, right? And like, obviously, sim pressures work when you are going to actually send the pressure from time to time, right? But I think the big reason that you want to make sure if you're blitzing for the Chiefs, you want to focus on blitzing from the outside, not the inside. Is one, it's good versus the run. Like, if you're blitzing on non third downs, non passing downs. You add a cornerback to the run fit, especially a 49ers team that loves to run outside, especially to the left. You start throwing a corner from there, it starts messing up the angles a lot of the kickout blocks. It's also worth noting that the 49ers allowed the fifth most pressures to slot blitzes this year from players coming out of the slot. It's also also worth noting the 49ers play the most condensed formations of any team in the NFL. And guess what that makes it really easy to do if you're Steve Spagnuolo? Send corners. Send guys off the edge. Go see the Miami game. Go see the Vikings game. He's really good at getting some real creative pressures in there. And if any of this like wasn't selling any of this enough, right? At this point in time, this wasn't saying, oh, hey, by the way, maybe the Chiefs will send some corners, then they can mix up the coverage after it. In the playoffs, the Chiefs have allowed, this is from Dan Pazuda on Twitter, the Chiefs have allowed 3.1 yards per play and a, have a 47.2 pressure rate when they send at least one defensive back as part of the rush. So Chiefs really good when they do this. 49ers not so good when this happens mix in the blitzes off the edge from the corners and then you start getting into these sim pressures where you show oh is Trent McDuffie coming is Snead coming maybe I'm hot now to Craig's point oh wait I'm not there is seven guys in coverage I'm gonna start patting the ball and trying to run around because that's where Brock Purdy's mind goes because he is a playmaker there's a lot to be had there I think there's a mind game that Steve Spagnuolo can win between when he sends pressure and when he drops out and that's one of those guys that we're looking at is has been the best assistant coach in the NFL. I don't care what the NFL honors said, but he has been the best, best assistant coach in the entire NFL. He's going to come up with a game plan. He has made every single offense that they have played in this playoff play a game that they wanted no business with, that they did not want to play. And so creating those opportunities, forcing Purdy deeper into the drop while still containing him within the pocket because he'd get out there and run around, sim pressuring, it just feeds into all of that. It really does feed into all of that and dictates the game a little bit, takes Christian McCaffrey out of it a little bit. There are so many different things that they can do to try and stop this, and that is the one thing that when I've gone back and I've watched this San Francisco 49ers offense against good defenses, the one thing that all of those defenses were able to do and were able to have lots of success doing. Steve Spagnuolo knows it, and he does it all the time anyway, so it's not like he's adding a new layer to this. He's going to line up. He's going to do it, 
And I'm really excited to see the results of that. We are going to take a break and we will be back with more five things to watch for the Chiefs Super Bowl matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back with side things to watch here. The lab had you covered with one offense, one defensive thing. Now we're going to throw over to our guy, Barbershop, to talk about one of the most important defenders, not just for this year's Chiefs defense, but for this era's Chiefs defense. And Chris Jones, here's Sean Barber with more. How you doing, man? This is Sean Barber from The Process. Give you my thing to watch for this Super Bowl 58 edition. Man, it's going to be a tough game out there in Las Vegas. Yeah, there's going to be people playing roulette, playing blackjack, trying to make a quick come up. But the smart bet come this Sunday for Super Bowl, man, you better bet on Chris Jones. That's my one thing to watch. Yeah, there's no, it's no certain magic. It's no, it's no recipe for success. It's a one-on-one. Have your eyes locked on number 95. Number 95, Man, from the first snap to the end, he's on the last uh, last year of a one-year deal. He wants that money. He wants to get paid. There's no better scale, no better time, no better place. Big players make big plays in big games. 
and big play, Chris Jones, the CEO of SAG Nation, better come ready. Might be packing two, three lunches because it's going to be a long day for whatever lineman is in front of Chris Jones. So, yeah, bro, this is my Super Bowl edition of What's to Watch. You better keep your eyes peeled and on Chris Jones each and every snap because he's going to make play after play after play. The CEO of SAG Nation has arrived in Vegas, and, man, he's about to win. He's about to win big. So let him feel you, Chris Jones. Let him smell what Chris Jones is cooking. Come Sundays, come Super Bowl Sunday. Bring that win back home to Kansas City, baby. All right, man. This is Sean Barber, The Process. That's my thing to watch or my one person to watch. It's all about Chris Jones. Let's go, baby. Thanks, Barber. Yeah, Chris Jones. Monster performance here. Obviously, he's already got a legacy that's cemented itself in Kansas City and cemented itself in NFL history, but a monster game in this Super Bowl takes him into some of those upper echelons with some of those defenders that we talk about that are first ballot Hall of Famers, our guys that are automatic Ring of Honor guys for the Kansas City Chiefs. This could be Chris Jones's last game in the Kansas City Chiefs uniform. We'll see how the offseason goes here. He'll want to make it a good one and come home with a third ring. Man, that feels good to say that about a player before the Kansas City Chiefs here. We're going to stick with the trenches when we throw to our next thing here. And the guys over at Outside the Trenches, we're going to hear from Tucker D. Franklin, Big B, and Nick Leckie as they take a little closer look at both the offensive and defensive mashups sticking in the middle of the park with the trenches. Take it away, guys. All right, let's talk about the trenches here on Outside the Trenches. Super Bowl trench talk here, Big B. We're going to be talking about the when the Chiefs have the ball. Obviously a big storyline with this Chiefs offensive line. Joe Tooney's been dealing with that pec strain, what they're calling it. Didn't practice a whole lot this week. Looking like he's not going to play. He's going to try to give it a shot, but it's not looking likely. Nick Allegretti did get some play time in the AFC Championship game. Played pretty well from all, all accounts. Uh, but thoughts on... Uh, Joe Tooney out for this game. Yeah, if he's going to be out, I mean, it's going to be a problem for for the Chiefs. Look, I, I understand backups play they're there for a reason, uh, and they play can play well from time to time. But the 49ers have an elite defensive line, so it, it obviously having all your guns and all your best players, especially an All Pro playing, obviously would help. But if Tooney's not going to play, there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. Let's just call it what it is. Will it be an effect? Depending on how San Francisco chooses to play it, yeah, it can be. It can be an issue, but who knows? Who knows? This, this D-line is probably the best D-line in all of football. Chase Young, Nick Bosa, they're peaking. And then with, with you know, depending on this game time decision with Tooney, we talked about Eric Armstead being, you know, that big and tall body. Um, Javon Hargrave, big beat, yeah. former Steeler, the former Steeler, right, for a little bit. Um, yep. Former Philly, former Niner, you know, so he knows how to play guys. So we're those guys, so you're losing your left guard, your all-pro left guard. You might not have him. And then you got to face these two guys in the middle. I mean – like like we talked about on Bl- or not in blind nail on outside the trenches. If I'm San Francisco, I'm testing that left guard spot all day. It doesn't matter who's in there. Whether if if Tooney toughs it out or or not not toughs. I'm sorry that he if he plays that would be a miracle. Um, 
but Allegretti, man, it was, there's some stuff where it's like, you run some games over there and it's like, man, if, if you're, if you're Creed, you better be helping your boy out. Mm-hmm. Like you better be helping out, yeah. staying home in the middle on slides, slides you will, but in man pro, yeah, it's, it's going to be tricky. And if you get in the middle, Mahomes can't go anywhere. That's true. I, I do want to give a hat tip to Nick Allegretti too. Played really pretty he well uh, against a, a really good Metabuke and for the, for the Ravens. Probably their best pass rusher, probably their best defensive lineman that they had healthy for that game. Uh, I, I I think he did well in that game. It's going to be a whole different story again going up against this defensive line, Nick, as you mentioned. With uh, you mentioned the starters, but I mean they also have Randy Gregory and they also oh have Javon Kinlaw. They also have uh, Robert Beal. Like they've got the depth. Sebastian Joseph Day. Like they've got guys after guys that they are going to Gregory. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh, didn't the Cowboys let him walk this year? No. The, the, or the, the, Broncos, the Broncos did. The Broncos, Broncos did. Yeah, that's right. Jeez. Weird, weird move. Like we, they were just trying to get rid of a bunch of stuff. But that it's going to be tough. It, it really is. It's look. The Chiefs have had some good offensive line play as of late, leading up in this playoffs. They have uh, not had the penalties that we've come used to with this Chiefs offensive line. Hopefully those issues don't arise again because it, it's going to be difficult if they are going to shoot themselves in the foot already. They've been going up against a uh, really tall task. But let's flip it to the other side. Let's flip it to when the 49ers have the ball. Uh, Big B, a point I made on outside the trenches. Look, Trent Williams, phenomenal left tackle. One of the best left tackles in the game. Maybe one of the best left tackles to ever do it. Uh Outside of him, when you look at these individual guys, the talent doesn't really stick out, but as a unit, they kind of get it done. Yeah, they do, and that's weird because, you know, we don't talk about the 49ers' offensive line as just being this spectacular offensive line. We talk about Trent Williams, but somehow they keep running the football and somehow they keep protecting Brock Purdy. So they they get it done as a unit. I think a lot of that just comes from, understanding the game plan, a lot of film work together, understanding where their weaknesses are, and also Kyle Shanahan understanding, you know, hey, where are our strengths? What can I can I cover up? And let's just call plays that utilizes that versus trying to make guys do what they're not very good at. You know, um, I think obviously Trent Williams gets gets all the hype here, but I was reading some article that they, uh, they did a substitution in like, what, week 15 or 16 based off injuries. And then move Feliciano to right guard. He's one of the, you know the, the highest graded people after Trent Williams, and and also they they re upped you know Brendel in the offseason their center, um, so he's a, a veteran guy. You know it's his seventh year, and um, I just think you know they they put together guys who are just consistently average. You know they're not going to be world beaters, but it's like you got a bunch of guys playing together, and Brock Purdy showed on film that he can do some things. He can he can cover up some mistakes. Yeah, his gambling ability. You know that's going to be the key. I mean, like I said, they're going to have to have that um, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen sort of game plan to contain Purdy. I mean, you have to you have to recognize. It. I know we talked about Big B. You said you don't really, you know, if you let that beat you, then that, that's fine. But still, it's it's going to be a problem for extending drives, Absolutely. extending drives on third and long. It's going to be something you'd be cognizant of. Yep. And when it comes down Definitely to it, to be. You, you do. It, it, the Chiefs, their defensive line room is kind of decimated right now. Charles Minnehue goes on the uh, the injured reserve. They activate, obviously, Sky Moore. But you're looking at George Karloftis, Malik Herring, uh, B.J. Thompson, a guy who hasn't really played a whole lot of steps this year. Felix Andy D.K. Uzoma, he played Week 18. But again, outside of when Charles Minnehue came back, his role was kind of throttled down a bit. 
Uh, Mike Dana is obviously going to be out there playing a lot of snaps. Tershawn Wharton can kind of play inside out a little bit and, and as well. But, I mean, you talk about Derek Nadi. Derek Nadi's not going to be playing in this game. They're, from the interior to the exterior of that defensive line, that's been the biggest part of this Chiefs team that's taken the biggest injury hit, I think. I, I'm, I'm worried Big B that might catch up with them. I mean, it could. I mean, look. Injuries are part of football. It is what it is, especially this point in the season. Uh, but you know what? You drafted the guy in the first round. It's time to step up. You know, you got to make a play. It's the Super Bowl. You know, and, and it, it, if any time that anybody, and not just him, if anybody's going to step up, you got to step up this game. Uh, you're down a man. You're you. I, you I'm not going to say they're outmanned. Uh, against the 49ers up front. I'm not going to say they're outmanned, but at the same time, you know, if you're looking for a mismatch, that would be a place where you see, okay, that could be a mismatch. I just think the Chiefs, they got to get after them, try to control the line of scrimmage, play a lot of games up front, do some things that 49ers, you know, maybe aren't used to seeing, doing some different stuff like that to try to free up guys and get some one-on-one advantages, let Chris Jones kind of do his thing. Yeah, and like I said, if if you can find that, if you can win a one-on-one matchup while while Chris Jones is on your side, and if you can bring some depth, and and we're really underestimating at this point in the season, everyone has had a bunch of starts. This offense line has had a bunch of starts on the belt, so they're yeah. they're they're tired. You know, you're not a hundred percent, and you got a guy who got in some 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 decent decent reps versus the Chargers week eighteen, and which didn't really mean much, but he so he's got that game experience, right? And he did it in college. And we'll see if he can do it now with fresh legs and a wild card being like, I don't know what to expect, which is as an offense lineman, you're preparing for a game and you don't have any footage on this person on, on what you're seeing. You don't know what his moves are. You know what his tendencies are. Whereas meanwhile, all your stuff's out there and you know what's up. So it could be a wild card. It could be not, but it, it's something. It's something. That's for damn sure. We feel it. Yep. Like Sean Barber said in five things already, Chris Jones going to need to have a big game. Really excited to see what uh, what he can do here. Look, it's going to be games like this. If he takes over, he's going to find himself a pretty big payday. I don't doubt it's going to be in Kansas City, but he can really get himself a pretty big payday with this. Neil Farrell also came in last week. Played pretty well, uh, truthfully, in the snaps that he had. I don't know why the Chiefs hadn't played it more, but we'll see how that all shakes out. That's going to do it for us outside the trenches. We appreciate you guys listening to Five Things all year long as we get you ready for Super Bowl 58. Let's go ahead and send it back for more Five Things. Yeah, no, that's, you know, this is where the game could be won or lost. That San Francisco 49ers defensive line is really good. Good matchup for the Chiefs offensive line. Opposite side of the ball there. You got to love the matchup with the Chiefs defensive line against that 49ers offensive line that isn't as good as it has been before when we've seen these two play teams play in the past. So it's one of those that I'm going to keep be keeping my eye on that a lot. That could determine a lot with how this game is going to go, particularly the Chiefs offense against the 49ers defense over there. We have covered an offensive and a defensive thing to watch on the KC Lab segment of this. We covered the run game and simulated pressures and blitzing Brock Purdy to try and find some success over there. We had Sean Barber talking about Chris Jones and his impact in this game. And then we had outside the trenches talking about the big uglies standing in the middle of the park there. So that means we got only weird games, guys. We got Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, and Nate Taylor to talk a little bit about the Chiefs' screen game and how the Chiefs' passing game can attack the 49ers' zone defense.
Thank you, Craig. Only Weird Games here with you now. Josh Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor, live from Las Vegas. We'll give you our key to the game. Seth, where are we sending people? Where are we sending people? To the key. What's the key we're sending people to? I'm sorry. Like we talked about oh. before we started doing this. We had such a great show this week. I apologize. Mm-hmm. We so, can start this over if you want. If that was, I mean, that I we I here's what happened before the show. If this is still in there or not, either way, this is this is what I need to go ahead. I said beforehand, Seth said something that I kind of mostly caught what his key was going to be, and I said, Seth, yeah. I'm going to throw it straight to you, and you're uh-huh. going to introduce us to the take and the key, and we'll go. I was confused by your phrasing. Anyway, so where were sending people? Seth, what's your key to the game here on KC Sports Network with only weird games as a part of the network featuring your your co-hosts and and your brethren, Joshua Briscoe and Nathaniel Taylor? What a fantastic and well-framed Let's take a break. Josh, stop it. (laughs) Um, The biggest thing, there's so many things to keep an eye on, but something that's really caught my eye... um, when I when I look at what San Francisco's defense has done the vast majority of the year, they play a lot of zone, and they don't change up their looks a ton. And I, I kind of I actually asked a couple of people that I trust that know ball way more than I ever could, just kind of like I don't think Wilkes has changed much up throughout the entire year. They just line up and do their thing, which can work when your front four dominates, right? Or can work if you've got an unbelievable secondary and, and they've got a really good front four. They've got a really good secondary. They've got Fred Warner. So I get why they do it. But they play a lot of zone. And not just like, not just like, uh, like match, which is, you know, kind of a blending of zone and man. Yeah. They play a lot of like pure zone. And what's interesting to me about that is the, what has given the Chiefs the most trouble throughout the year that takes advantage of some of their specific strengths and weaknesses is when people play some aggressive man with some guys haloing Kelsey or some version of match with them haloing Kelsey because Rasheed Rice, their second best weapon, who's been arguably as important as Kelsey down the stretch, um, he does not always separate well against man. He's still learning some of the nuances of route running there. You know what he is really good at already? Getting to open spots against zone. Yep. And that'll be something interesting to me to watch because I, I when you look at the, the NFC Championship game, the lines were dicing them up in a variety of ways, but it really wasn't until the pressure started really getting home on Goff that that kind of really affected what the lines were doing. And that's how it works when you're playing a quarterback who needs to be within structure, within rhythm. You know who doesn't need that? Patrick Mahomes. You can still get pressure, but if guys are open, he's going to buy enough time to find it. You're not going to, usually, it happens occasionally, but odds are you're not going to sack Patrick Mahomes in three seconds. It, if you do, which is rare, he's sacked like it's like eight percent of plays he's pressured or some crazy right. number like that. And so, if you do, it's going to take like seven seconds and will require a whole lot of running. And I'm just curious to see if the Niners, for the first time, basically all year, change up their identity because it's a good identity and they've been good at it. But it plays into what the Chiefs do best in terms of their second best weapon. Because that Rice has shown a lot of ability against that. And if you let Rice start catching some of those shallow and intermediate throws in open zones, he turns he turns ten yard gains into twenty yard gains real quickly. So that's what I've got my eye on. And the and the benefit of that too is to what you always love, Josh, you can establish Travis Kelsey. Establish the Kelsey. You really can. And um It'll be fascinating to see, like, 
you know, which side of the zone does Fred Warner want to go to? Is he leaning more to Kelsey, which will open up Rasheed Rice potentially, or vice versa? So um, Mahomes understands that his footwork, his pocket awareness is going to have to be obviously at a very high level. And all those things allow you to be accurate and quick with your decision-making against zone coverage, especially with the underneath stuff. So, um, you know, Todd Bowles was willing in the Super Bowl 51 because they had the rematch early in the year to change things. Um, you know, so if, if Steve Wilkes wants to make it interesting, uh, he can probably vary some of his coverages. But, of course, blitzing Mahomes leads right into Mahomes' hands. But I agree with Seth. You can't just show cover three all day and expect your defense to hold up if they're not getting pressure. You may have a feeling based on that, the way that we're leaning in this game, we talked about it much more in our full-length episode of Only Weird Games uh, on Thursday. So you can check that out if you want the full preview from our three perspectives. But Craig, I'll let you take it away from here because I know Seth's not going to know how to get there. All right. Thanks, Josh. That's five things to watch for another Chiefs Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. We have had all kinds of content for you on the KCSN channel this week. Make sure you are going back, listening to all these programs that we pulled them from, as well as the guys over at AHPKC, really breaking this game down and getting you fully ready for a Chiefs Super Bowl trying to go back-to-back, trying to give Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and yeah, Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo, their third rings in Kansas City. I am so excited for this matchup. I'm feeling really good about the Chiefs' chances here, and I'm hoping that Sunday night I'm going to be very happy watching my football team take this one home. So in order to get you ready, for that game on Sunday, make sure that you are tuned in to the 810 pregame show. They are the home of the NFL. They're going to get you ready. They're going to get you all kinds of amped up going into that one. And then, if you're not sitting around at a Super Bowl party, you're in hell. Maybe if you are, make sure that you are tuned in to the Bleacher Report app. There is going to be a watch-along live from Power and Light, from KC Live down there. So you can come down there and see Haley Lewis, BJ Kissel, and our guy Tucker D. Franklin down there doing a full watch party. Again, that is on streaming on the Bleacher Report app. If you are not in Kansas City, if you are not able to attend that, that's going to be really good. They're going to be at Mosaic KC. That's where you can go there. You can find those guys. Kind of, you know, wave high and say, you know, hey, go Chiefs as they are covering the game there. And then KCSN postgame show. You know that we are going to have it locked down right here on the KCSN YouTube channel and on that same Bleacher Report app. So if you are on the KC watch party there on the Bleacher Report app, you can just stay there and we will be there as well. We are going to be breaking down all the X's and O's, hopefully after a Chiefs win there and really kind of basking in all of this, once again, do not take this for granted, Kansas City. We are living in the golden age of Chiefs football right now. Enjoy every single second of yet another Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl, hopefully beating up on the San Francisco 49ers. For everybody here on the KCSN Podcast channel, 
We love you. We appreciate you. Be kind to each other, and we will catch you later.